Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. Wednesday, September 16th, 2020. This is Shannon, and I am here with a bunch of the book beastresses. We have Stacy, Sarah, Kristen, Brooke, and Natalia. And we are looking ahead to the month of October, which is sometimes a really great new release month. Um, this month, it was a little harder. But we still have plenty of fantastic books to tell you about. So we are ready to dive in after the housekeeping announcements. You can find us on Twitter and on Facebook by searching Book Bistro Podcast. You can always post just on the Book Bistro timeline. Some of you have done that. I'm always so happy to see when you've published posts there. You can join our Facebook listener group where you can chat with us as well as with other podcast listeners. You can keep an eye on some of what we're reading. We usually update you each Wednesday with a look at our current reads. If you'd like to get a hold of us and social media is not really your thing, you can email us. That address is thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. So Brooke will start us off, followed by Stacy, then me, Kristen, Sarah, and finally, of course, Natalia. So the first book that I'm going to talk about tonight is The Searcher by Tana French. And this book takes place in rural Ireland. Our main character's name is Cal Hooper. He's a retired police officer. And he has moved to a remote island in Ireland. And he... He's ready to just let his detective days go. He wants to check out the mountains, um, fix up his house. Um, he just wants to do stuff that doesn't have to do with investigations. But a young boy comes to him one day and asks him for help. His brother has gone missing and no one in the town, not even the police, are interested in finding him. While being an investigator at heart... Cooper knows that he needs to do something. Um, he, so he decides that he's going to investigate and he really doesn't care if this brings trouble to his doorstep. And that's about all I can tell you for now. So if you want to learn more like I do, you got to check out The Searcher by Tana French and it comes out October 6th. So I have to go on the podcast record and say that in 2018, I was super excited about her first standalone, which was The Witch Elm. And I read it and I hated it. I and so read now it. I'm really afraid to read this one because if I hate it too, like, I'll be so sad. This seems more um, in line with her, like, the in the woods. What was called okay, woods. like her Dublin Yeah, that's what squad. I'm thinking. That's, that's I my hope so. I hope so, because the witch elm was just... Not the greatest? No. Spoiler alert! I'm really excited about my first book for October! <laughs> Ooh, and guess what? I've been waiting to say that, like, 
Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. So my first book that I am talking about tonight is Spoiler Alert by Olivia Dade. And it comes out. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. You are so clever. Oh my God. I know. So So, this book is called Spoiler Alert. It's by Olivia Dade. It comes out on October 6th. And um, transparency, full transparency. I've never read this author, but she's been on my radar for like six months And I saw this book and I thought to myself, this is like my ultimate in rom-com because it's about two writers of fan fiction who end up like meeting in real life. And I went through a period in my life where I loved fan fiction and like I sort of escaped into it because I was having trouble like accepting some changes in my life. So anyway, has nothing to do with the book. We have Marcus and he plays a character on a TV show whose name I cannot pronounce. And secretly he writes fan fiction about his television character on this show because he gets annoyed with the character and fan fiction is a way to kind of get out his annoyance with the character. April also has a secret in that she writes fan fiction about Lavinia, this other character on the show. And um, she likes to what they call ship Lavinia with this character who I can't pronounce his name that Marcus writes about. Anyway, one day she decides to stop keeping her fan fiction and, you know, different things that she does with her fan fiction from real life and posts her thoughts about this Lavinia character on real life uh, or on uh, the internet with, uh, it's kind of like a plus size take on the character and the whole, like the photo and, and her thoughts kind of go viral And so Marcus ends up going on a date with her as sort of like a publicity thing. And the first date goes terribly awry, but he really likes April and decides they have to continue dating. Now the issue is April does not realize that this man she's going on a date with is also her favorite fan fiction writer. She thinks he's just the actor on TV. So what I just said sounds really convoluted. And I understand that. But what I know is I love books about fan fiction. I love books that are rom-coms. And I'm really excited to read Spoiler Alert by Olivia Dade when it comes out on October 6th. That sounds so much fun. I know. So I have a hard right turn for us here. For I don't have a thriller. And I don't have a (gasps) rom-com. What do you have? I have have a young fantasy. Nope. <gasps> Urban fantasy. Nope. <laughs> I, have. I have. <laughs> when We Were Young and Brave <gasps> by Hazel Gaynor. And this also comes out on October 6th. So this is a World War II story, <gasps> but a different take on World War II than a lot of the ones that we've read previously. So this is the story of a young woman named Elspeth, and she begins to work in northern China at a missionary school. And she is teaching English, and she's in charge of a small group of students. When the war hits the world, and the United States gets involved, and England gets involved, there are all these kind of far-reaching consequences, especially for these people in China who are, from what I can tell, are like a lot of them are Japanese citizens who are currently in China. 
And as a result, they are sent to an internment camp. And among oh, the people who are sent um, is Elspeth and the group of young children that she is responsible for at the mission school. So it kind of chronicles their whole, like the changes in their lives and the way that the war touched this particular population of people, which is something that we haven't really seen much, at least I haven't in historical fiction. I've seen a lot about, you know, France and Germany and England and Great Britain, um, but very little about how Asia, um, especially Asia that is like separate from Japan, like the rest of Asia, like dealt with the war. So I've really enjoyed Hazel Gaynor in the past, and I'm really excited for this one. It is When We Were Young and Brave by Hazel Gaynor, and it also comes out on October 6th. So she wrote, like, the, like the flower seller oh, book, right? Oh, yes, A Memory of Violence, and, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but aren't most of her books usually, like, dual timeline, typically? So that one is a dual timeline, and <clears throat> The Lighthouse Keeper's Daughter yeah. is a dual timeline, the Girl from the Savoy is not. Um, mm. Meet Me in Monaco, which is her novel about Grace Kelly, is yep. also mm-hmm. not. So I think she does kind of a, a good mix of dual timeline and not. She also writes with Heather Webb sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, like she wrote Last Christmas in Paris with Heather Webb. And then, of course, Meet Me in Monaco was also a book that she wrote with Heather Webb. I'm going to have to try it this. It's so interesting good. to read like different like takes on World War II, like from different um, less heard from factions, if you will. So my first book is a young adult fantasy. Ooh, there we go. There we go. Um, And waiting for someone to do one. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. Um, And this looks so different. Um, it, It looks really awesome. So this book is called Beyond the Ruby Veil. Um, and it's Beyond the Ruby Veil, book one, by Mara Fitzgerald. Um, this this look, looks like it's going to have a lot of twists and turns. So there's this girl. Her name is Emma Nula. I'm going to call her Emma. Um, and she lives in a city where there's this person called a a, a water cree, I guess, uh, is the way it looks. W a t e r c r e a, and this water cree makes water for the city from blood. Oh, um, yeah, it's a little creepy, but it looks creepy, interesting. So, um, Emma is marked by this water cree and anybody who has ever been marked in their lifetime has will willingly sacrificed themselves pretty much because they have to be drained of blood in order for the water water cree to make water for the city um emma has been marked and she has never told anyone she's keeping or kept the hid the mark hidden for years and years um and she doesn't really follow anyone's guidelines of who she should be and who she want or who they want her to be. She just wants to get rid of this water Cree. Um, She is also gay and in a play for power, she is going to marry a guy who is also gay. 
She doesn't want a love match. She just wants wealth and power. And he is the heir to the most wealthy house in her city. Um, and they've also been best friends since childhood. Um, when, when she is, when the water Cree outs her at her wedding and takes her to be sacrificed, she oh. fights back and kills the water cry, water Cree. And so her and her now husband have to find a way to figure out the water Cree's magic and um, how to keep their city from dying of thirst. And there's no spoilers in that. All of that is in the synopsis. Um, it looks really interesting. I've never seen anything described quite like this um, with this type of, I'm guessing it's some sort of magic, obviously. Um, so I'm really interested to see what kind of world this is, um, what kind of people live in this world and if they all have powers or if it's just the water Cree. Um, but I've never heard anybody turning blood into anything else other than, um, than Jesus. So it's, it's you know, going to be interesting. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't know anybody had that power. So I'm really looking forward to this book. It is called beyond the Ruby veil beyond the Ruby veil book one by Mara Fitzgerald, and it comes out on October 13th. Don't people say blood is thicker than water? Ooh. They do. They do. I do. Um, well, I have a question Sarah for you. Yes. Okay. Do you, you do. love your life? Yes. It's, um, sometimes. Love your life, friends. Love your life. It's, and if you love your life, you should read Love Your Life by Sophie Kinsella. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And the it twins is coming out. Are at it again. Yes. Oh my God. So, Love Your Life by Sophie Kinsella is coming out on October 27th. And I'm it really is excited about, about this one. I know. It is about Ava. And Ava believes, really, she believes truly that love cannot be created on an app with like algorithms of like what you do for a living or how tall you are. She thinks I it needs mean. to happen. Yeah, right. So she thinks it needs to happen naturally. But after a breakup and a very sad app dating debacle, Ava decides that she needs to kind of like change some things. And she decides to finish that novel that she's always been trying to write and that she's been dreaming of. Preach. So this means, yes. So this means she is going <laughs> to go on a writer's retreat in Italy, which Yay! means she's going to have to leave her close knit group of friends and her beloved dog, Harold. <laughs> I've always wanted a dog named that Harold. poor dog. You're <laughs> ridiculous. Yes. And so she goes to Italy. But here's the thing about the writer's retreat, friends. At the writer's retreat, you don't go by your real name. Oh, no. So now Ooh. Ava. She's going to be Harold? By... No, she's not. <laughs> no, she's not Harold. She's not Harold. Oh, she's decided to go by Aria. Aria. And Hi. so what happens is there is a, like a neighboring retreat next to the writer's retreat and it is a martial arts retreat, but it gets what? canceled. And some of the martial arts people who are there in Italy for their own retreat after it gets canceled, join the writer's community. So Aria, <clears throat> Ava meets Dutch, AKA Matt. But Aria and Dutch 
decide to go on, like have a no baggage, no, like nothing little fling in Italy, not knowing anything about each other. And it's like amazing. And they like do cliff jumping and explore the countryside. It's so wonderful. But then so amazing. I had to jump off a cliff. Right. Yeah. No, thank you. I would not want to cliff jump into the, into the beautiful waters of the Mediterranean, but they did. Okay. And together they were magic, but then they had to leave Italy and leave Aria and Dutch behind and become Ava and Matt in London. And suddenly they realize, even though they kind of love each other, they don't really love each other's lives. Like their food choices are weird. Their sauna etiquette is not right. And (laughs) There's this issue with Matt's, like, strange, clingy ex-girlfriend who doesn't want to let him go. And so they realize as they love each other, they don't love each other's lives. And do they want to, like, have a life together? Or is it not worth it? And I just have to say that Sophie Kinsella is one of those authors that, like, way a long time ago when I was, like, just starting off, like, in audiobook land as an adult reading like, you know, commercial audiobooks. Can you keep a secret? It was one of the first books I read. And I was literally like trying to read at work and I was making like whooping, hooting noises at my desk <laughs> reading. And I feel like her her writing, she's still like extremely funny, but they're not like like, ooh, a good romp through the countryside. They're more there's like more of a a deep there's something just they really speak to me and so for a while I thought she was just kind of funny and frothy but the last few that I've read by her are not really there's like a deeper message so if you like Sophie Kinsella and you want to gut laugh but you also want something else like to read about a dog named Harold you might want to read Love Your Life by Sophie Kinsella coming out on October 27th and I'm very excited and And I I want to love this book I know, I so, do too, and I, I want to I, read, I want to laugh. So, this book, I've been waiting for this book. I didn't know I was waiting for this book <laughs> until I knew it was coming out because when I talk about Lisa Jackson, this is my Yay. favorite, favorite series. Like, If She Only Knew and Almost Dead are the books that when people are like, oh, Lisa Jackson, what should I read? Those are the books I oh, say. Oh, those are your favorites? Yeah, oh, I really. I mean, I love oh. it. I like the New I Orleans love, books. I love I like the Dubai yeah. books, and I love the New Orleans books. But you know, I like angsty romances where I like true. people are mean to each other, and like they can't oh. resist their attraction. But of I course, like the it. limits, right? But this one is called "You Betrayed Me." Ooh, uh, ooh, I know. So her saga about betrayal and the, the decisions people make continues. In the Cahill family. Now, this book is about James, a member of the Cahill family, and how he wakes up one day bruised and bandaged, but he doesn't remember how he got there. So, you know, a lot of people losing their memory in the series. And he sees this gorgeous (laughs) woman that he recognizes. Her name is Sophia. And he knows he was cheating on his girlfriend, Megan, with this Sophia lady. Oh. Um. But he doesn't know why nice? or how or when. He just knows this. No, it's not very nice. But I'm interested. I'm intrigued because with Lisa Jackson, it's never what it seems. No, it's true. Never make the decisions you th- you think um, that they have made or that even they think they made sometimes. But here's the kicker. Megan is missing. He doesn't know oh. what Sophia's agenda is. 
Megan's sister Rebecca is haunting him for some reason. <gasps> and haunting? somewhere haunting. Like not ghosts, but just like, you know, he can't stop thinking about her. And in a room somewhere, there's a woman trapped waiting, not knowing why she's trapped or who she is. And who was it the one that betrayed her and got her to that point? I know. That's okay. very convoluted, but sounds very it interesting. Is. It is yes. very convoluted, but that's exactly how the synopsis is. <laughs> Lisa <laughs> Jackson. Kind of how, like, Lisa Jackson writes. Yeah, and that, right. like, Lisa Jackson posted. writes. Yeah. She writes. She's like, I would almost say that she's kind of like a female Harlan Coben, where it's everything in, in the sense that every, not her writing style, but just that, that everything is convoluted, but then they put it, she puts it together meticulously for you. So the name of the book is You Betrayed Me by Lisa Jackson. It's um, Cahill's number three. Um, you can, I'm sure you can read it as a standalone as most of her books, but I really yeah. highly encourage you. Because you have to wait till October 27th for this wonderful thing. So while you're at it, you have time <laughs> to read If She order. Only Knew and Almost Dead. And plus, you will satisfy my brain patterns and read in order. Yes. It's very As important. we all should. It's very, very <laughs> important. Okay, so the next book that I'm going to talk about tonight is Invisible Girl. And this book is by Lisa Jewell. And it comes out on October 13th. So this book takes place in London. And they give you a setting in the, in the synopsis. So I'm going to give it to you guys. It's a, like a grand avenue with these big houses. And got behind Electric Gate, there's this Ooh. urban wasteland. And then Ooh. the synopsis moves on from there. So I'm not sure if it was important, so I thought I'd better give it to you. But okay. <laughs> now we have our main character, and her name is uh, Sapphire, which I think that's a pretty cool name. And Sapphire, um, like when she was 10 years old, something happened, and she, there, somebody almost killed her. But he didn't. And she's lived with this like trauma all her life. Well, now she's watching somebody. And she's watching them and learning things about them that could ruin everything that they hold dear. Oh. And then she goes missing. And this happens on Valentine's night. And there's a guy named Owen that lives across the road from Sapphire. And he is kind of a, not really a recluse, but he's just kind of like, he's an odd duck. He kind of does his own thing. He's very invisible. And, like, nobody ever pays attention to him. Nobody ever notices him. But when Sapphire goes missing, everybody starts noticing him. And, they're, and he gets blamed. So this book is about how justice kind of gets, um, I guess, almost denied. The justice gets denied and how... Um, sometimes we're looking for evil in the wrong places. So this book is Invisible Girl, and it's by Lisa Jewell, and it comes out on October 13th. I really like Lisa Jewell. Yeah, I love her books. When I saw this book and read the synopsis, I screamed, and I had to talk about it. 
I'm going to talk to you about The Hollow Places by T. Kingfisher. And her twisted ones that I read last year was freaky as shoot. And um, I, like, I <laughs> seriously, it was really well done and strange and just sort of odd. And I really liked her writing. And so when I saw that this was coming out in October, I had to talk about it. So the synopsis begins thus. Pray they are hungry. Kara slash Kara. I'm going to call her Kara, but her name could be Kara. Um, She is, has just returned home to her uncle's house after going through a divorce and beyond a hole in the wall, she discovers, I know, right? Just beyond a hole in the wall. Like what else do I even have to say? It's going to be creepy just by that. Um, Beyond a hole in the wall, she discovers this like odd bunker with those very cryptic words in the bunker. And she starts getting kind of obsessed with figuring out what the heck these words mean. And she starts exploring this bunker only to discover that this bunker is actually like a place where there are multiple portals to alternate realities. And within these alternate realities, there are these creatures that seem to be able to read your very thoughts. And the more frightened by them they are, the more power they seem to have. Oh. And friends, this is all I know, but seriously, like, what else do you need to know to read this that book? That sounds creepy. Creepity, creepity. <laughs> so afraid <laughs> if I had a hole in the wall in my house that led to a bunker, I don't know if I would go inside. Nope, I would not. I probably I'd, would. I'd send the dog in first. <laughs> no, I... <laughs> I would not. I'd be afraid that she'd get eaten by the creatures probably... that you hope are hungry. I am so excited about this book. I cannot wait. I love a good creepy, creepy book. And especially in the month of creepy times, October. Um, So this book, again, is um, The Hollow Places by T. Kingfisher. And it comes out on October 6th, the same day that Elsewhere by Dean Koontz is being released. So she basically got a plug-in for her fourth book. Let's just keep yeah. it here. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I just, I couldn't decide, but I had to talk about The Hollow Places. So anyway, that's, that's that. And I'm really excited about it. And if so, you want something creepy, The Twisted Ones is creepy as shit. On October 7th, <laughs> if you're looking for me, I'm hiding under my bed or in my closet under my laundry. Because mm-hmm. I might have read this. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about faith healing. Because like yes, one you need some after that. Like, <laughs> yes, like that. You need the power of prayer see, after those see, holes in the walls. Ladies and gentlemen, right? I can see. <laughs> my next pick Miracle. is my next pick tonight is reviving the Hawthorne Sisters Ooh. by Emily Carpenter, and this comes out on October twentieth. And I'm actually supposed to go to a virtual um, book event for this book. And I actually get to hear her speak. So I'm pretty Ooh, excited exciting. about that. Yes. Cool. So our main character's name is Eve. And Eve has been really interested in her grandmother's life. Her grandmother has been dead for eight years. And there are some secrets that Eve knows about her grandmother that she's kind of like kept close to her. She knows that they would really tarnish the memories that people have. And so she's just kind of decided that she's not going to share them. However, there's this documentary filmmaker 
who wants to make a film about her grandmother because her grandmother was a faith healer in the Ooh. 1930s in Alabama. And people like, really, really believe that her grandmother had these powers to heal all kinds of people. But Eve knows that that's not true. Eve knows that her grandmother was a con artist and was actually just really good at tricking people. So as this filmmaker kind of digs deep into the past, Eve is sort of forced to decide like what she wants to do with what she knows about who her grandmother really was and how this whole like faith healing thing played out and the differences that it made in her grandmother's life, but also in the lives of the people that she claimed to heal and the people who were apparently like really sick and injured who wanted her healing and of course like couldn't benefit from it. So this is categorized as like a gothic thriller mm. and I'm pretty excited about gothic books this time of year I've also like been weirdly fascinated by people who pretend to heal people for a long time so this is definitely something that I plan to read as soon as I can it's reviving the Hawthorne sisters and it's by Emily Carpenter it comes out on October 20th adding this to my TBR right away three days yes. before my birthday Okay, so my second book, um, I'm not really sure if this is considered fantasy or not, because it doesn't look like it involves a whole lot of magic, if any. Um, so this is called The, the Emperor's Wolves <laughs> by Michelle Sigara, and it is Wolves of Elantra, book one. Um, so there is this small group of pretty much executionists that is run by the Dragon King in this city. Um, and the, the main populace calls them assassins, but they call themselves um, the, the Imperial Wolves. Um, and in order to become a part of this squad i guess you they have to go through this uh inter interview type thing where this group of people called the tholony pretty much read their minds and can see anything and everything and this one new recruit i'm not going to attempt his name um is bound and determined to get through this interview, no matter what the Tholony finds in his head, no matter what kind of secrets they may come across in his past or anything like that. Um, because it's, it's very rare that people make it through these interviews and that's why the squad is so small. Um, but during the interviews, some allegations start to come up about the Tholony and murders that have been happening. And so the wolves are ordered to hunt. And this new recruit's first mission in order to join the squad is to join the hunt. And he is bound and determined he is going to do that. And he is going to find whatever is going on. And everyone is just put into turmoil. People 
who have been allies or friends or turned against each other, all races. And it's, it's just a complete mess. So this looks kind of mysterious. Um, I think there is some magic involved, but I'm not sure where that comes in. But I really like, um, like militant squads that are run by crazy Kings. <laughs> I think I find it to be very interesting and, um, very action packed. So I'm looking forward to this book. It is called the emperor's wolves, um, wolves of Elantra book one by Michelle Sagara. And it comes out on October 13th. She's been on my radar for quite a while. She has a whole big um, <clears throat> Elantra series, like Chronicles of Elantra. And it's like cast, cast in Moonlight, cast in Sorrow, cast in like 14 different things. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so October, friends, October. It's the month for Halloween and creepy books and... Also, the start of Christmas releases. So, if anybody likes fun Christmassy books, I, I know do. at least I know <laughs> as much as I do, because they're always so sappy and great for a certain amount of the year. I can't just handle myself. You may want to read "Christmas at the Island Hotel" by Jenny Colgan. And this is like the fourth book in her series about an island. And I never can say the name of this island, right? It's like Muir or something. The, the island, island of, of Muir? Of Muir. I'm, I'm saying it wrong, but it's halfway between Scotland and Norway. And this book is about the opening of the Island Hotel. Um, big surprise from the title. And it is about... Um, a character from previous books who we first saw in A Cafe by the Sea. Her name is Flora. And she's Yay! a... I know. And she's a new mother now. And she is working really hard at Christmas time to open this hotel with her brother Fenton. And there is a lot going on in this hotel as they get ready for Christmas and a grand opening at Christmas. And it focuses a lot on their very upscale kitchen. And on a young girl named Isla, I think I'm saying her name right. And Isla used to work at the cafe by the sea. And oh. she's always had like grander dreams. And, and she's working in the kitchen with a man named Constantine who is working his way. Yes. And he's working his way up through the ranks of this kitchen. But what you don't know this. about Constantine is I that know. he is the son of a duke. <gasps> Ooh, and Constantine yeah. is learning like how to basically like have like a honest person's job in it. I mean, not that if you're a Duke, you're not an honest person, but you know, like a, like a working um, person job, a working class job. Yeah. Yes. And so at Christmas time with many things happening and this hotel opening and secrets being revealed, Isla and Constantine, develop a friendship. Oh, yeah. And of I'm just going to say this. Jenny Colgan is such a 
wonderful, wonderful writer. She just really fills my heart with joy. Her books are so good. And her previous book about the island of Muir, Endless Beach, um, had some pretty, like, like, I think I was on the bus going to work, and I think I actually went, <laughs> like, out loud, because there were some real tearjerker parts. And so I'm really glad she's revisiting and bringing her beautiful Christmas writing to back to this island. I think they really need a Christmas book in this island. So if you like Jenny Colgan and if you read a Cafe by the Sea, yes, I me did. too. Yes. <laughs> if you love Jenny Colgan and a Cafe by the Sea, please come back and revisit the Island of Muir in Christmas at the Island Hotel. Coming out on October 20th. I've never read Jenny Colgan. <gasps> oh, oh, oh. So my next book is a book I'm looking forward to. Apparently I've read this author before, but I don't remember if I ever have or if I marked her as to read or what, but this book looks good. It's called Goodnight Beautiful by Amy Malloy, and it comes out on October 13th, I believe. And this book is about Sam and Annie Potter. Of course, you know, I saw Potter and that was it for me. And they are newlyweds, and they're going to move to his hometown in upstate New York. They're looking forward to it, starting a new life together. It's awesome. Except it's not what Annie thinks it's going to be, because her husband is a therapist, and she spends most of her time alone while he's working really, really long hours in his office downstairs. Except there's the juice. The juice is that there's a vent in the ceiling of the office that allows Annie to hear <gasps> everything that goes on in his sessions. Oh my goodness. From the, divor- from the pharmacist who wants a divorce to the well-known painter, famous painter whose boyfriend does not satisfy her in bed at all. Oh, oh no. And, I need this. <laughs> you know, most of his clients are female so he spends long hours stroking the egos of his mostly female clients we don't know if he is does the same with his wife but anyway i digress so until a french woman comes in a mini cooper and sam decides it's time to stay at work and not come home Uh oh oh Oh, no so (laughs) if you want to know what this means and in what way we must read Good Night, Beautiful by Amy Malloy comes out October 13th. I can't wait. Do you I need this? this? Like, right. I don't have this. Oh my I God, tried I to this. have this. I need and this. I, like, it so... looks good. I need, I need this. this. Like, now. now. Like, <laughs> I don't have it. I really, it. really do. I know. So good. So the next book that I'm going to talk about takes us back to Christmas. And this is Silent Bites. Andy Carpenter, number 22, by David Rosenfeld, and it comes out on October 13th. So this book is, as you can see, number 22. So we have our main character of the series, and his name is Andy, and he's a reluctant lawyer. He really doesn't want to practice law, but he keeps being kind of forced into it. And really all he wants to do is to spend time at his foundation, which rescues um, dogs. Um, and so him and his wife and his, 
and his son, they go on a Caribbean cruise because Lori thinks that it will get them into the Christmas mood. I'm not really sure how a Caribbean cruise does that, but um, it's supposed to anyway. So when they get home, they check in with um, the foundation and Willie, um, his kind of like co-owner of this foundation or whatever you call them, um, he, what he needs Andy's help. Willie has a friend named Glenn and Glenn used to be in the prison with him because Willie is a former convict. And so he, um, Glenn has gotten accused of murder and Willie doesn't think he did it, and he thinks that Andy is the only one that can really help him out. Um, the only thing is, is as, as I told you, Andy is a reluctant lawyer, and Andy doesn't know Glenn, so his automatic thought is he's probably guilty. But he knows Willie, and if Willie wants him to help, then he's going to help. And that is all they give us in that synopsis. Um, they don't tell us the case or anything, but if we want to look at, if you want to learn more, then check out Silent Bites, Andy Carpenter, number 22, by David Rosenfeld, and it comes out on October 13th. I really, really enjoy these books. Like, they're, they're light, but they're not, they're not, like, ridiculous. You know how, like, some cozy mysteries can be a little cheesy? Yes. These, these, these really aren't. They're not cheesy. It's a lot of, um, it's a lighter... I guess I would say a lighter legal thriller, like legal um, procedural. So I have been a fan of Dean Koontz ever since I was 13 and I read Lightning. I love him. (laughs) I love his writing. I love his dogs in his books. I love sort of the poetic way he puts words together. And I'm really excited about this new book. It's called Elsewhere again, by Dean Koontz. It comes out on October 6th. Um, I'm going to have a hard time because all of my books that I've talked about this month or this, this episode all come out on October 6th. So Elsewhere is about Jeffy Coltrane. Yes, his name is Jeffy. And Jeffy Coltrane does everything that he can to take care of his 11-year-old daughter, Amity. Seven years ago, his wife, Michelle, left him. And so... Ever since then, he's been trying to just sort of, you know, keep everything together and and, and give his daughter a great life. One night, he is approached by a man in their town by the name of Spooky Ed. Um. And Spooky Ed, yes, I know, indeed, it's Dean Koontz. (laughs) I mean, Jeffy and Spooky Ed, I mean, I know we're in something kind of parallel here. So Ed approaches Jeffy and gives him this object and says, please keep this safe for me, and P.S. never use it. Well, then later, Jeffy and Amity are approached by a group of ominous men, and somehow they start using this object. Why or how they know how to use it is sort of not alluded to in the synopsis, but basically it turns out to be a key that can take them to parallel planes that are familiar and and bizarre and wondrous and terrifying. And as they're sort of hopping from parallel plane to parallel plane, they begin to wonder, could this key help us to find Michelle? And that's all I know about Elsewhere, but it's Dean Koontz. 
And so I think it's going to be a really wonderful read with probably some sort of beautiful message woven into his prose. And that again is Elsewhere by Dean Koontz. And it comes out on October 6th. So please don't call me on that day. I will not respond. So my last book tonight takes us deep into the American South. This is This Secret Thing by Mary Beth Mayhew Whalen. (laughs) So if you love people like Jocelyn Jackson. Yes, I do. I do. um, Patty Callahan Henry then Mary Beth Mayhew Whalen is a good sort of read for you. Like there, there's a little bit of a mystery element, but it's not a thriller. And the emphasis of the novel is always like squarely on the development of the characters and their relationships with just kind of like some intrigue that moves the story forward. So this secret thing is about a small town where a woman named Nora has lived for quite a long time. And Nora is just sort of like your typical small town wife, right? Like people think they know her really well, they like her, she's just this like pivotal point of the town. But for a long time, Nora has had a secret and that is that she is a very successful madam. Ooh. And once the secret comes out, like this sort of upends the lives of people who were close to her. So we get to know Nora's daughter. We get to know one of Nora's neighbors and the daughter of this neighbor. We see the detective who is investigating Nora's case in hopes of finding a link to something in his own past. And so we kind of see how all these different people with all these life experiences and all of these secrets of their own kind of come together to really understand the truth about Nora and what made her who she is and then how the things that they find out about her, like how do they impact the lives of these people going forward? And like, you know, especially for Nora's daughter, if your mother is this like infamous madam, (laughs) like what does that say about you and your life and the things that you sort of always thought you knew about your family and your history So I'm really looking forward to this. I've read a few other books by this author and I was just really taken by her writing. Sometimes if you're really lucky, Jocelyn Jackson reads the audiobooks. Oh and that makes me so happy because she's just an incredible writer, but she's also an incredible reader. Incredible reader, yes. Yes. So like if you read this for like no other reason, pick it up because Jocelyn Jackson just might narrate it. So this is This Secret Thing by Mary Beth Mayhew Whalen, and it comes out on October 1st. Okay, so my final book is a book that I have been waiting for, and um, it actually wasn't even on Shannon's list of releases. No, I forgot about it. (laughs) She forgot. She forgot my book. Um, I think that was on purpose. (laughs) What the heck? (laughs) Um... (laughs) But it is the sequel to Sisters of Shadow and Light by Sarah B. Larson. And I thoroughly enjoyed Sisters of Shadow and Light. I really did. It's, it's so full of love and um, family and heartbreak and just all kinds of things. Um, so this is Warriors of Wing and Flame. 
and it is Sisters of Shadow and Light Book Two. It's a duology, so I'm guessing this will be the um, the, the the roundup. Um, so in the first book, Zora and Inara are have grown up in this citadel that is blocked off from the village below it by this magical hedge. And anytime anyone tries to leave the citadel, the hedge like attacks them with these <gasps> giant poisonous Ooh. thorns. Yikes. Um, the only person who's been able to leave ever is their maid. And she's able to leave every once in a while. And, and she, she's able to go to the village and, and come back with like more food and supplies for them because they're, it's just the two sisters, the maid and their mother who have been living in this ginormous citadel. Um, Zora. I'm trying to make sure I get this right. Zora is older than Inara. Um, and when Inara was born, is when her her father disappears and the hedge that's when the hedge grows up and they're pretty much locked in and they don't know what happens to their father and their mother thinks that he just walked out on them which ultimately isn't true um but inara is born with this amazing power that nobody understands, not even herself, but she's kind of become like this, I don't know, kind of in her head kind of person. The only person that can really get through to her is Zura. She's really good with plants. Um, and so she grows the, the garden, the, all the vegetables and things for the Citadel. Um, and one day these, this, these couple of guys come up to the Citadel and they're able to come through the hedge. And there are these scholars that have been searching for what they call the Paladon um, and trying to learn more about the Paladon. And the Citadel used to be where all the Paladon lived. Um, but their world was closed off to the human world and they were all locked on the other side of this door and the door is in the citadel and nobody really knows that. So there's so much, there's so many twists and turns. Um, but ultimately the scholars come in and, and one of them helps Zora kind of unfold all of her history and her, who her real father is and what has happened to him and they they venture into this forbidden library and they end up unlocking the door to the Paladon world and the Paladon are able to come back in um, and this big war starts between the Paladon and the humans and then there's this evil scholar that has stolen Inara's magic um, that she's finally kind of learned how to use because it's a healing magic and they didn't know this. And he, he's like this mad scientist kind of scholar guy who has stolen her magic and is, is wanting to use it for bad things. Um, and so this, this book kind of continues. It, it ends where the war is taking place and the Paladons are 
fighting the humans because they're, they're these great warrior race. Um, and of course there's some romance Inara and Zora find people that they fall in love with and they have to traverse the, the long paths of love and family and know who's betraying them and who isn't. And, um, and just learn who they are as sisters again and who their family really is. And so this is going to wrap up everything that happened in the first book. And I think it's going to bring the sisters even closer together. Um, it's, they were close in the first book, but I think this is just going to bring the whole family back together because there's a lot of love in this book in in these books. So I'm looking forward to this and it actually comes back or comes out on the day that I come back to Texas from North Carolina. So I'll have a good plane book. Um, so this is warriors of wing and flame sisters of shadow and light book two by Sarah B. Larson. And it comes out on October 27th. Okay. So when I discovered that my final book was coming out in October, um, and I think this happens to me kind of a lot, embarrassingly, but I was at work and it was the summer and very quiet in my office. And I squealed out loud at my desk. You did because you were on the because, phone with me. Because we can't tell that sometimes I look at books, you know, of course, only during my lunchtime at work. Of course. And obviously, <laughs> so Kelly Armstrong Yay! is starting oh. a new series. I know. And this book is called A Stitch in Time. <laughs> and it's by, I know, <laughs> it's by Kelly Armstrong. So we know it's going to be good. And it is coming out on October 13th. And yay, it is about, yay, yay. I know, it's about Bronwyn. And Bronwyn lives in her aunt's house as a child. It's called Thorn Manor. But Ooh. there's this weird time slip in Thorn Manor. And somehow she can get through this, like, slip and go back in time two centuries to hang out with a little boy that's her age named William Thorn, And they're friends. And then something happens, a tragedy and the house gets closed up and shuttered and Bronwyn thinks that William is like part of her imagination. And something happens that's not very clear in the synopsis. And 20 years later, she's back in the house and William is still there. But he's not the boy that she remembers. He's kind of a... Brooding, tempestuous man, and something really <laughs> tragic has happened to him. And she's got a, and, and he's very upset because in his mind, she's abandoned him. And so their friendship starts to develop into something more. But in the present day house, she's haunted by ghosts which we know Shannon loves ghosts, but she's haunted by ghosts that <laughs> she really does. Oh yeah. Favorite. Oh, oh, she begs for all books about ghosts. Yep. Right. And backwards. Backwards ghosts. Ghost, right. And the ghosts are um, actually 
um, a result of whatever happened to William in the past that has caused him to kind of become a recluse and stay home and, and become this brooding man. And so she has to kind of figure this out. And, and I'm sure because it's Kelly Armstrong, there will be more books about this story, but I'm just, I cannot wait for a stitch in time by Kelly Armstrong coming out on October 13th. I'm sure the magical elements of this story will be fantastic. It will be a little bit creepy because her books that are creepy are just phenomenal. And I'm sure her world building and her story will be a beautiful thing to read. Well, mm. so my last book of the night is by Alexa Martin. It's Snap Yay! Playbook 4. Um, and this book is as you can probably tell, you know, about football and football players and all the things we love. And I what I really like, like football. I do too. What I really love about this <laughs> author is how she finds all these political issues and she's able to write about them and yes. make romances around them. So this book is about Elliot Reed. And Elliot is the manager of the Denver Mustangs team. And she's just Ooh. supposed to be happy with her life happy with her job and make her father proud. You know, that's her expectation. <laughs> when she's got a player, Quentin Howard Jr. And he decides to be the first player on this team or in the NFL to take a knee during the national anthem. Oh boy. Oh. And oh. her job is to get this God guy forbid. in check. You know, God forbid, because she is, but not only does she need to get this guy in check, but she also knows the good, the bad, and the ugly about the NFL in a way that a lot of people don't. Mm -hmm. But as push comes to shove and the more time that they spend together, the more they have in common, even more than they realized. So this is Snapped, Playbook Four by Alexa Martin. And I'm very interested in seeing just how she's going to take this political issue uh, in her book and like how she's going to write about this. It's very interesting to me. When is this out? Yeah, it comes out on October 20th. All right. So that does it for us this evening. Thank you, Natalia, Kristen, Stacy, Sarah, and Brooke. You're welcome. And thank you, as <laughs> yes. always, to Christine, who does all of our fantastic editing every single week. <laughs> and thank you so much to each and every one of you who have joined us for Book Bistro, either for the first time or for longer. We appreciate you so, so very much. If you would like to let us know your thoughts, you can do that by leaving us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or any other platform you use to access the show. And not only does it allow us to see your feedback, but it also helps other book lovers to find us, which is a great thing. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with more bookish fabulousness. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more discussion of great books. Take care, everybody.